0: Grab some paper, here's a short quiz. One, where did George Washington give his farewell address? Was it New York, Philadelphia, D.C., Boston, or Mount Vernon? Number two, how many people have officially held the office of president? Number three, what war made Andrew Jackson a national hero? And four, true or false, the only president to have never been elected as part of a presidential election is Leslie Lynch King Jr. Got your answers? Well, let's see how you did. Welcome to American Esoterica. If History Class gives you the cell phone, this is the wrong cord you brought with you to charge it. The essential stuff in between. The personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. We're taking a little bit of a turn today to those facts that are interesting but don't really need much explanation. As much as I want to draw them out, it may be more fun to just throw a bunch of facts at the wall to see if they stick. Let's start with our quiz. So just where did George Washington give his farewell address? I'm being cruel here. It's a trick question. George Washington never delivered his farewell address publicly. Rather, it was a written statement that he delivered through the news, even though we think of an address as a speech. It's notable for several reasons. First, Washington gave the United States an incredible gift in choosing not to pursue another term. We had just split from a monarchy, remember? and folks were nervous about a long reign by a powerful figure. Washington ensured the very first peaceful transfer of executive power, and his farewell address cemented that legacy. The other big takeaway was his warning against the rise of factions, those coalitions that were in the nascent stages of formation during his presidency. These would become the political parties that we know, and what Washington really couldn't know is that these groups were all but preordained to exist because of the winner-take-all single-member district representation put into place under the Constitution. At any rate, Washington didn't deliver his farewell address at any one location, but it probably hit the news all over the country, so you get at least half credit no matter what you answered. Speaking of presidents, how many people did you get for holding the office of president? As of right now, President Joseph Robinette Biden is the sitting President, and his is the 46th Presidency. So the number's 46, right? (laughs) Nope. We count Grover Cleveland twice, since he had non-consecutive Presidencies, numbers 22 and 24. Apparently, consecutive terms of a Presidency count together, but non-consecutive terms do not, which is why the administration of FDR, who was elected to four terms, only counts as one Presidency. But that's weird, right? There may just be no good way to split the difference. Cleveland's non-consecutive terms would put him out of order if we didn't count him twice. But then how do you say there were 46 presidents when there were only 45? President Harry Truman had something to say on that too. If you count the administrations of Grover Cleveland twice, he said, because another president held office between his first and second term, you might try to justify the designation of me as 33rd president. But then why don't you number all the second terms of other presidents and the third and fourth terms of President Roosevelt? And where will I be? I am the 32nd president. That's a good point, Harry. Save for the 32nd president part. Why don't we number each four-year stint with an intervening election as a presidency? But then, how would you account for partial terms served out by others? Maybe our system is the best for now, even though it's confusing. Just ask President Obama who, in his own inaugural address, claimed 44 Americans have now taken the presidential oath. He was wrong. Unless he knows something we don't. Speaking of not knowing things, let's turn to Andrew Jackson in the battle that made him a national hero, the Battle of New Orleans. It was a great victory against the British. On January 8, 1815, Jackson, recently promoted to Major General, arrived in New Orleans a little over a month earlier and took on the task of putting together an army to defend the key port. The British land a few weeks later to find a well-entrenched army in an impenetrable line, which they cannot breach no matter how many attempts they make. They finally decide to make a massive assault on Line Jackson before dawn on January 8th. The Americans hold firm, and the British are repelled by a smaller but more determined force. And the leader, General Sir Edward Packingham, is mortally wounded in the process. The British force faces over 2,000 casualties, while the Americans lose 62. It's the last major armed engagement between the United States and Britain from the War of 1812, except it didn't technically take place during the War of 1812. The War of 1812 had ended two weeks earlier with the Treaty of Ghent signed on Christmas Eve, 1814. Word hadn't gotten to Jackson or the British though, from Ghent, which is in Belgium, So the Battle of New Orleans took place, technically, after the end of the War of 1812. And finally, was Leslie Lynch King Jr. the only president to have never been elected through a presidential election? Yes, Leslie Lynch King Jr. was chosen as vice president after the resignation of the elected VP and became president upon the resignation of the sitting president, serving just shy of two and a half years. Of course, Leslie Lynch King Jr. was his name at birth, which he formally changed at age 22 to honor the stepfather who had raised him, Gerald R. Ford. This has been American Esoterica. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just wanna talk about how, 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 how is the greatest ZZ Top lyric? Drop me a note. The address is yell at com. Thank you for listening, and God bless America.